And I'm just saying for a, for a community of God-fearing people who believe Christ is to be uh, the, the number one person on stage and in view, the one who is glorified, there are an awful lot of people being really loud and drawing attention to themselves. And thinking a lot lately um, about first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 11 uh, you know there the Apostle Paul instructing the believers in Thessalonica uh, aspire aspire to live a quiet life taking care of your own matters and work diligently with your hands so that you are not a burden on anyone um, something something to that effect and I think about the church of Jesus Christ, everything that the church has become, right? With all, of, with all of our public ministries, with all of our people only ever trying to be heard, right? Uh, with all of our um, known pastors publishing books upon books upon books, mostly just about the same thing, just reworded. And our small church pastors who believe they are, are the ones many times who, who have to be heard to youth ministry guys who have this personality um, type driven ministry to people who are publishing podcasts on podcasts and recording videos upon videos. No, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with speaking. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with uh, somebody pouring into other other people. And I'm just saying for a for a community of God fearing people who believe Christ is to be uh, the the number one person on stage and in view, the one who is glorified, there are an awful lot of people being really loud and drawing attention to themselves. And, and I, I know for a fact that I'm able to recognize this because that was me in my ministry, um, especially so early on. Um, and especially as more and more people in, actually encouraged me to be that personality type preacher, teacher, pastor, um, theologian. But the more I read the Bible, the more I, the more I know Christ, the more I see that we are encouraged more toward lives of humility, of quietness, of, of simple service of working with our hands and attending to our own affairs in this life, um, rather than being loud and proud like, like the world is. 
And then I think about the, the division we see in the church. And people will justify their division by saying things like well, doctrine divides. You know, if we're standing for the truth and we're loud about the truth, there are people who are just going to hate it, right? It's not wrong. Um, there's a lot of truth in that, right? But I hope we understand that doctrine is not the thing that divides the people of God. Our pride is. It's our pride that causes us to um, make mountains out of molehills. It's, it is our pride that causes us not to discuss theology and doctrine in a way that is sincere. Uh, it is our pride that causes us to stand on our own precepts, our own ways of doing things, rather than looking at the Word of God and just asking the sincere question, what does God ask of me? It is our pride that, that causes us um, to need to be heard so you have the the young guy who wants to be a pastor and who wants to be a preacher, right? That's just the example. It doesn't have to be a pastor or a preacher. It could be any young man who aspires to anything or any young woman that aspires to anything, right? He aspires to be a pastor, and he believes he deserves to be a pastor, and that there is nothing that's going to keep him from being a pastor. And in fact, if people don't agree with me about my calling, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant my own church. Uh, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be, I'm going to be bitter. Um, what causes that but pride? Right. Um, I am inclined to think, after knowing Christ more and more, that anyone who believes they deserve to be a pastor is already disqualified because just of the degree of pride in his life. Um, anyone who has to fight tooth and nail to be heard probably doesn't need to be listened to, right? And don't get me wrong, there, there are a lot of prideful people saying a lot of things that are technically true. But there's a, there's a heart that needs to be there too. And when our hearts are transformed, when we, when we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, I think part of that essential transformation is a bringing of humility. I often think about the um, the qualifications for a pastor that, that Paul gives in First Timothy. In First Timothy, Paul gives a few qualifications for the office. I believe they're character qualifications, but uh, these qualifications include things like don't be addicted to much wine, be a man of be a man of patience, be a one woman type of man. Have only one wife. 
raise your children well, right? Be a good manager of your household. Don't exasperate your children. Do not be pugnacious, argumentative. Do not have a need to always be right all the time. Treat people kindly. Don't seek vengeance. Don't always be ready to get into a fight or a theological debate. Like these are qualifications for men who aspire to be pastors. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, I have been so unqualified in my life. Why is it that God desires that type of man to lead a church, to be a pastor in a church to serve the congregation? Well, because the pastoral role requires such patience with people. But today, the the pastors we most often recognize are those either yelling at their church members from the pulpit, speaking without loving others, wanting to be heard, wanting to speak something profound, and condemning other types of churches. And instead of being a unifying force for the cause of the gospel, many people are dividing the body of Christ, even though Christ himself is not divided. And I can't condemn anyone for being like that, right? I've, I've been like that. I mean, the whole reason I feel so convicted to, to speak about division or bring unity in the body of Christ through doctrine and, and by ob observing the scriptures. The whole reason I feel convicted to do this is because I, I feel like I've been doing it wrong, right? Um, for nearly my entire ministry. And it, I mean, it really took a work of God to get me to where I am on this, on this subject. And I fear that so many believers never never get to experience a humbling like that. Well, you, you just read through Scripture. And you see where pride gets people. Well, pride makes enemies. Pride causes people to be enemies of God. Pride gets people in some precarious situations. But humility, humility is something quite different that I'm, I am sure most people don't understand or, or get. There's a wonderful work um, by, by Andrew Murray on humility. If you get a chance to, to Google that, download it, buy it, I, I highly recommend the read. At least when he wrote this book, this man understood what humility was, what humility is. 
And basically what it boils down to is I am entitled to nothing. Now, the, the staunchest Calvinist will admit that. <laughs> We're entitled to nothing. We are totally depraved. And we are completely wretched in the current state of things. Okay. Staunchest Calvinist will admit that. But then scrolling through like Calvinist groups on social media, that truth doesn't bear out in their lives. Like think about this. If, if we are totally depraved, okay, completely wretched from the moment of our birth, How can I be so how can I be so dogmatic about my doctrine first of all and and how can I be how can I be so lacking grace in the way I communicate with people well this truth total depravity has invaded the mind, but it hasn't captivated the heart. My own wretchedness is something I, I know about cognitively and something I can philosophize about all day. But then it hasn't captivated my own heart. That, that truth hasn't captivated my own heart and made me humble, which that's what it should do. Any... Any theological truth should work toward our humility, not toward our pride. And so we have people in pastoral positions who are full of pride. We have members who are full of pride, that the young member who wants to see change. So full of pride, wants to see change, yearns to see change. He may be correct. This change may be a biblical change to make, right? It's true. The bylaws may not reflect what the Bible says, okay? Exactly. There may be something there that people have always done that just doesn't glorify God. And for whatever reason, they have just missed it, whether on purpose or not, okay? There may be that. But then you have this young guy who, and I say young because young people usually have zeal without wisdom, okay? Says this change needs to be made and he may be correct. Because it doesn't reflect the Bible, which may be correct. But then he is so quick to be condemning of others and to act rashly and to be pugnacious and to not be faithful to his church family, which itself doesn't really reflect a biblical attitude. So our, our minds can be in the right place, and our, we can confess Christ with our mouth, and, and our hearts can be far from him. So when we think about being ex-church, this X doesn't stand for leaving the church. 
It doesn't stand for having nothing to do with the church. This X stands for Christ's name. That's the first letter of his name in Greek. It's the Chi. And if the church is to be Christ-centered, that means to be like Christ. In this case, in his humility. And the church has been around for 2,000 years now. And as we've wrestled with theology and as we've wrestled with scripture, there have been dividing lines drawn because we have been trying to understand the deep things of God. I understand there was a need for the denominations and there may, may still be a need for, for different denominations for a time. That's not going to last forever because Christ is not divided. He is going to bring his people together and, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of his sheep hearing his voice and coming into the church. And, and I want to be a part of, of helping the church see that we are one body in Christ. And we can argue about particulars all day. I'm sure we will. And as I record this podcast, I'll be talking about, you know, I'll be talking about things from my particular doctrinal standpoint. But that shouldn't be a dividing line. There is one church. There are groups who refer to themselves as the church who are not. There are false religions. There are wolves. I'm not speaking to them here. Here I'm speaking to those who love Christ. One day there will be an end to denominationalism worldwide. And the church will simply be known by Christ's name. And I can't wait to see that day. <laughs>